Welcome to the Owning Your Sexual Self podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Main, awesome wife and dog mom for life. I'm a sex therapist turned sex coach, and I run a successful business selling relationship enhancement products. I absolutely love talking about all things sex. So you can expect this podcast to explore all things related to women's sexual health because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you discover and embrace what brings you pleasure so that you can own your sexual self. If that sounds good to you, then keep listening and let's fucking do this. Hey, Brie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and reaching out to talk about this super important topic just around helping helping couples, you know, through pregnancy stay connected and keep their relationship a priority, even if they might already have little ones running around. And it sounds like you're someone that might have some experience in this area, unlike me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, you know, shed some light on this topic that I feel um, is not shared enough. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about you. I know you're a mom of two, um, but yeah, give us some insight into what the life of Brie looks like right now. Yeah. So I have uh, two little ones, a six-year-old and a two and a half-year-old. They keep us super busy. Um, I have been in um, sexual health and wellness field for almost 14 years now. Um, I'm married. We've been together for 15 years. So um, yeah, we love to be active outdoors and all the things. So, um, yeah. Awesome. And you, how, how did you get into the field of, of sexual health and wellness? So it actually started in college. I, um, went to a party. So I've been in, um, direct sales for 14 years and I'm actually starting a coaching business here this year as well, which I'm super excited about. Um, but I started in college. I went to a party. I had no idea that parties even existed to talk about sex (laughs) and relationships. And it just kind of like, um, fit with what I was doing. I was an education major and I wanted to help change the sex education system in school Mm. and quickly realized that was not going to happen. So I stuck with my business and helping women, um, um, at parties. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We have, we definitely have a similar background. Um, same, same with me going to parties and then realizing, Oh, this, this might be something that I want to do with my life as a career. And yeah, really not, not knowing what to do from there. And then you, you know, go down the rabbit hole of social media, realize there's things such as sex coaching and sex therapy and all of that. And here, here we are now both, um, sex coaches ourselves, which is super exciting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. And so in your, in your coaching work, you're primarily working with couples. And so one of the, one of the toughest things I think for couples that comes up even in my work is the conversation around intimacy during pregnancy and, and then even after, you know, postpartum and whatnot. So let's, I feel like we could break this up into the two different conversations. So we'll start more so on the pregnancy side. What, what do you hear from your end as the common struggles that, that women or couples go through when it comes to intimacy and pregnancy? Yeah. So one thing that is kind of a common theme, um, and I'm just going to start with a typical pregnancy. I'm not going to delve into those that have maybe struggled with some miscarriages or, um, have done IVF because that's a whole other entity Mm -hmm. of, um, mental, emotional struggles that, that also go into the intimate side, but just a typical pregnancy, um, you are basically 
you're growing another human, you're having, you know, morning sickness or body aches and pains, your body's mm-hmm. growing, you're, you're becoming this whole different person in, in 10 months. Mm-hmm. And you're having to navigate that and what you're fueling your body with, taking care of this, you know, um, child in your womb. And then you're also having to navigate, you know, if you are working and then maintaining your life with your house and then also your partner on top of that. Um, it's just, I'm, I don't feel well, or I am bloated and swollen and I don't feel sexy anymore. And I don't even know this body. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I be intimate when I have all of this stuff going on in such a short span of time? And working with couples, it's how to navigate this new phase of their relationship. So, you know, if you are how how to um, feel more confident in your body, you know, appreciating your body and what it's doing, you're growing. um, And that's a beautiful thing. And your partner is supportive of you and just kind of um, figuring out different ways you can be intimate. That doesn't always have to be sex, Mm -hmm. you know, baths together, massages, just opening up communication and and talking about different things. Um, So sometimes that intimacy can, can change and that's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned too, just the, not only the, the physical changes that a woman's body goes through during pregnancy. Cause I, I think that that's oftentimes the thing that I hear. It's like, they just physically don't feel well either. Like you said, either they're having morning sickness or the bloating or anything like that. But also I think it comes down to a piece of their, their body image. And it's like, now you're adapting, like you said, for 10 months, you're adapting to this new body for then to only go back and, and not even go back to what it was before, but then you have to readapt to another new body post baby, exactly. right? Yeah. And then so. if you think too of like for, for women specifically, not just the physical side of it, but the emotional side that, that comes with pr- pregnancy and literally growing a tiny human. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then. Um, it's just an emotional roller coaster, you know, mm-hmm. one with the hormones fluctuating too, like what kind of mom am I going to be? Am I going to be a good mom? And, you know, newsflash, if you're wondering if you're going to be a good parent, you're going to be a good parent because you're worrying about that. So that's a good sign. Yeah. So yeah, it just, it's all a lot in a very short span of time. Mm-hmm. And I think this topic is also so important too, because oftentimes if you think from the, the male perspective, right, you're now bringing this third person into your relationship. And then oftentimes it is the couple that starts to feel connected, right? The, this new baby has now taken priority in your life. And so each other, you start to not maybe get the attention that you did in the past. So I think in talking about this and really normalizing this conversation of intimacy during pregnancy or again, even after baby is, is so important because then you don't you don't allow yourself and you don't allow your couple to get into that autopilot feel of where intimacy basically is non-existent, right? That stereotype of sex doesn't happen once children are in the picture or sex doesn't happen after marriage even is, is bullshit, right? You get to decide what your sex life is going to be. So, And and if you kind of establish that throughout the pregnancy, then that can transition into postpartum a lot easier as well. And not to say if you're in that postpartum phase now, like there's, ways to overcome, you know, the lack of intimacy or, you know, adjusting to that, but definitely makes it easier if you're making that intimacy and your relationship a priority mm-hmm. before baby, because then it's a already established habit. Yeah. And what are some ways that you would tell couples to where 
they they make sure that they're making that a priority, either com- good conversation starters or doing some sort of weekly meeting with each other, using the voice in the bedroom. What what usually do you suggest to to women or couples? Yeah, just um, I mean, always scheduling. And I know that's not a sexy thing, but um, that creates consistency. And when you have that consistency, then you look forward to it. And then, you know, your body craves it more and, you know, you feel a lot more connected. So scheduling date night, especially before baby, getting all mm-hmm. of that one-on-one time together as mm-hmm. much as possible. And then, um, like I said, scheduling, like either a little getaway, if you can do, I know baby moons are a big thing mm-hmm. now. Um, if you can take even just a little weekend getaway just to refresh before, before a baby arrives, it's great. There's a lot of communication cards. Like you can find them on Amazon or Gottman. The Gottman mm-hmm. group has, um, an app of relation, uh, communication cards. And so that's a, another great way to just connect on a deeper level. Because I think that's another thing that couples lose sight of mm-hmm. when they've been together for a while. Um, you know, when you're first starting dating, you ask each other all the exciting questions and you're talking and then that starts to go away the longer that you've been together. So kind of just re-implementing that mm-hmm. aspect is super important. Yeah. And what about for women um, that might be interested in, let's say, the solo pleasure um, during pregnancy, or let's say they're in a situation where their partner isn't around anymore during the pregnancy. What, what are some, what would you encourage them to incorporate? We talked about, we're kind of in that self care, um, mindset right now, right? And solo play is super healthy, especially again, if you have a typical, I'm using your quotes, typical pregnancy mm-hmm. where you're not high risk or anything like that. During the second trimester, you're having the surge of hormones. And that's when a lot of women really feel the most arousal mm-hmm. and want to have sex a lot more. And so take care of it, sis. Like get you your <laughs> vibrator, use, you know, use your hands, use solo play, whatever you want. Like enjoy that because again, all that extra blood flow <laughs> is just going to help intensify those orgasms too. So enjoy it. Don't feel like because you're pregnant, you can't masturbate like Mm -hmm. you can, or, you know, you can do mutual masturbation with a partner. You know, if they're traveling, you can do, you know, FaceTime, phone sex, like Mm -hmm. you can still stay connected, um, in those ways as well. Yes. Sexting is one of my most favorite things to talk about and help couples through, um, because it's just such a, it's such a great, you know, accessible tool for, for people to start incorporate to keep, keep the eroticism going in their, in their lives. Exactly. Yeah. So now when you're, when you're thinking about kind of this journey, so we're talking about through pregnancy and then let's talk about po- like postpartum, like a couple weeks out, you know, cause that looks so much different than postpartum a few months out even. What, yeah. what would you say are the challenges then in that era that people are facing? So I'm going to share a little bit of my backstory here because this is where it all shifted for me personally. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had my son in, in September of 2015. And had a typical pregnancy with him, no issues. However, during birth, I did have a natural vaginal birth, um, no meds, and he came out stuck. I do have a smaller pelvis, but he also had his hand by his face. Mm. And so I did have some tearing. It was only a second degree tear. I only needed a couple of stitches. So not, not terrible. But what happened for me is when I went to my six week appointment, my midwife, 
gave me the all clear. Everything's healed. Your incisions are great. Um, everything's good to go. Have fun. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And this is the part that really gets me that we just do not support women enough in, in the postpartum phase. Um, and there's not enough resources. So, you know, this is probably the one date that men never forget is that six week postpartum appointment Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they've been anticipating it. And, um, you know, I don't even think it was right after that. It was maybe a couple weeks after my appointment that we tried to initiate sex and immediately I was like, no, no, like stop it. Mm -hmm. Um, something's not right. What is happening? Like in tears Mm -hmm. and, you know, we had attempted and it still wasn't getting better. So I went back to my midwife and I was like, there's something wrong. Like, it's just not feeling right when I'm trying to be intimate with my husband. And she looked again. She's like, well, everything looks great. Just have a glass of wine. Use more lubrication. Mm. To have a glass of wine well, recommendation. Like, Seriously, that's your answer? And I'm like, that's bullshit. Mm. Like, that this is what women are told. And then you start to internalize and then you start to feel guilty because you don't want to have sex with your partner because it's painful. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I tear up. Like how many, I didn't even think I was, it's been so long. I was like, yeah, but I can, it was still that it was so impactful for me in that moment that I was like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. So despite my eight years of knowledge of sexual health, I was still not prepared for what I was going through postpartum. And doing more research, I self-diagnosed with vaginismus, mm-hmm. which is the involuntary spasms of the vaginal muscles, because there's vaginal trauma when you have birth. Mm-hmm. Like It doesn't matter if it's a vaginal birth or a C-section, there is still trauma to the body. And my body remembered what that was, and it said, no, we're not putting anything in there. So I had to retrain myself to enjoy that pleasure again. And so some things that women can do in couples, you know, just one, communicate with your partner, letting them know that it's not anything about you. It's not that I'm not attracted to you because I think that's a fear that a lot of men, mm-hmm. um, if it's a hetero couple, right? And they, they start to say like, well, you don't want to have sex with me. What's wrong with me? Are you not attracted to me? What's going on? And there's so many different things. So yeah, I, I started to delve into that more and how I could, um, basically get myself back into wanting to have sex with my husband. And part of that was breaking up the scar tissue. So some light massaging, um, using a lubrication just to make sure, just getting comfortable touching myself again, mm-hmm. um, letting my body know that this is okay. Um, using vibration is super helpful as well because it's just awakening, awakening those nerve endings in a different way, helping to send those um, pleasurable signals to the brain instead of like, oh, this is painful. Mm-hmm. And then you can have your partner joining you as well um, when you're ready, kind of having them hold the vibrator um, just on you or kind of guiding their hand in different ways, saying like this, and then work your way up to penetration with a small toy and then your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. I mean, yeah, super good recommendations. And I'm so glad that you did touch on, first of all, thank you for sharing your story because that just makes this so much more relatable for people that are probably listening to your story and thinking, holy shit, like same thing for me, you know, and may have got similar guidance um, or recommendations that, yeah, that irks me so much to have a glass of wine, 
the yeah don't don't you find your partner attractive that has nothing to do with with our desire you know but i do yeah i'm glad that you brought in the the self pleasure aspect of this because that is in in my work like that's one of the things that i take women through is getting back to those self pleasure practices or for some self pleasure for the first time ever in their life and it's so important that as women we know and understand our bodies and our pleasures and what you know what is going to turn us on what's going to turn us off so that we can communicate those things to a partner and especially after again going through something traumatic like having a baby that's all the more reason to start incorporating those things because at at the end of the day you're really just playing a, a guessing game right and your partner's probably playing a guessing game and that's when frustration starts to come into play and that's you know one emotion that you don't want to be happening in the bedroom so yeah and one thing that I do find um with women is they think that they need to, you know, that six week appointment happens and partners like waiting at the door, you know, like, Hey, you ready? And, and they're like, uh, okay. And they might do it, but they might not want to, they might not be there mentally. It could be painful for them. It just feels like they're going through the motions and it's not enjoyable. And that's going to start to cause resentment. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that you absolutely do not want to do. So whether you are, I mean, just because you're married or partnered does not mean that you owe them sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there are other ways that you can still let them know that you love them. You're there for them. And I always recommend couples um, taking the five love languages quiz again, Mm -hmm. because it can change. Moms get touched out. You know, you're having a baby touched you all day, carrying them, nursing them with your feet, you know, breastfeeding. And maybe you don't want that physical touch from your partner. Hmm. or maybe you just need a little bit of time to adapt. And hmm. that was one thing that I had to talk to my husband about because I noticed I would physically flinch away from him when he would come home and just try to give me a hug and a kiss saying, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. And I, I, it literally one day I like just jumped back from him and he's like, what is going on? And I'm like, I just don't want to be touched right now. Mm-hmm. And so we figured out that I just needed 10 minutes when he got home for him to, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Acknowledge each other. But I'm going to go take 10 minutes just to decompress from my day so I can switch over and be in a better mindset. Mm. And then I could come in and I could in, engage, um, initiate the, the hug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that felt better. Um, and so that's another thing that can happen is being touched out and how to navigate that with your partner too. Yeah. Just communicate it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And you have two kids. So how was, how was the first pregnancy and learning, you know, going through all this, learning about these things, how did that affect then your second pregnancy or what, what were the differences? Yeah. So with my second one, she's, she's been a handful since the womb. <laughs> I know we were talking before we started recording about her. Uh, she's two and a half going on 25, but she, um, I had a little bit of a scare with her and I actually had to stay in the hospital for two weeks. I had placenta previa. There was a lot of um, bleeding happening. And so I had to be monitored with her. It resolved itself, which was great. Had a normal rest of the pregnancy. I had kind of couldn't do a whole lot, but definitely no sex, which mm-hmm. that was, you know, the last three months of pregnancy. Um, and then you go into the postpartum. So we're already kind of like, ah, so definitely a lot of mutual masturbation and, um, or just being there with him because, you know, as you get later into your third trimester, they tell you not to 
orgasm or do anything that could cause premature labor, mm-hmm. right? So with her, I did have a little bit of a traumatic birth. Uh, she got stuck. Her heart rate was dropping. It was a pretty, and, and it was literally all within about five minutes. Mm. So there was a lot more vaginal trauma with her birth. But knowing how it was before that I just needed to use some vibration and, re, you know, just kind of get myself back into that and then work into it with my husband, um, definitely took the pressure off mm-hmm. than, than it did with the first time. Cause the first time with my son, I just had no idea what was going on with my body. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. That that's amazing. Like to be able to have that practice, especially for people that do end up having multiple children and mm-hmm. you get, you know, you get just a better understanding of what is to come and, yeah, and I, I think it's so important too. I recorded an episode specifically on this certain topic of sex doesn't have to include penetration. And I think that's such an important component of this conversation too, is to let people know that, you know, it's orgasm can happen without, you know, penis and vagina penetration or even with toys or, um, you know, for some people, if you delve into more erotic blueprint type stuff, if you're, you or your partner ends up being an energetic, without even touch having to happen. Right. And so it's like getting, getting that, making that a part of your practice during pregnancy and maybe tapping into some, some more like different type of erotica that is very new to you, you know, and that can be an exciting time to go through, go through and learn something new about yourself during also this stressful time that might be happening. Yeah. I love that. The erotic blueprint is definitely something, um, that's newer to me, Mm -hmm. but, uh, that I definitely will be incorporating in, in, suggesting to couples as well because it is just so life-changing really Mm -hmm. yeah good stuff yeah very cool awesome well thank you so much again Brie is there any um resources or anything that you would share with people or moms or people planning to get pregnant that you would find helpful for them I just recommend that um advocate for yourself like Mm -hmm. use your voice speak up and that's one thing that I am working on with this is creating resources kind of a checklist for moms to use at their postpartum if there's anything uh the doctors have their checklist you should have a checklist too because you know mm-hmm. you've got that brain fog going on so that is one thing that I'm creating but just advocating for yourself and if you don't feel like your doctor is actually listening to you find a new one mm-hmm. um because you don't have to suffer yeah absolutely thank you so much and how can people find you if they're interested in working with you or reaching out just to talk more about this episode yeah, um, on my Instagram, I have all my links there. It's PR by Brie Carey. Um, and then I have my link in the bio so you can find all the stuff there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. This was such a great conversation. Um, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast and I can't wait to see the, the future work and greatness that you create for your clients. <laughs> thank you so much, Rachel. I had a great time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a thing. And if you loved it so fucking much, be sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see you next week. And until then, keep owning your sexual self.